Hello everyone and welcome to Six Scooting in SoCal. We are Six Scooters. We're a scooter repair shop here in the South Bay and we're doing this podcast to shine some light on the scooting scene in SoCal. Um, What's on the docket for today? Oh, we got a lot of stuff to do. By the way, my name is Andy and that is Erin. She is the owner of Six Scooters and I am the chief monkey. I work on bikes and I'm the mechanic and I fix things and make things perfect. Yeah. The things we have on the docket today, the rides we've gone on, the questions that we've been asked, and our topic for today is group riding etiquette. Yes. Very, very controversial topic to some people. Oh man, dude. (laughs) You can't imagine how many people ride their scooter all the time, but when they get in a group, they go crazy. They have no idea how to do it. So we're going to tell you how to do it. And so let's get on it. Um, The rides we've gone on, we did not go on any rides this week. No, no rides this week, but we have a mystery South Bay Scooter Club ride coming up next Saturday. Yeah. And we have the Six Scooters Korean Friendship Bell Ride coming up on the 15th of March. Amazing, beautiful ride. Right? Uh, We're going up to San Pedro. We're going to ride through beautiful Palos Verdes. Uh, Verdes, because I'm white. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Verdes. And we'll probably hit the famous Walker's Cafe, a little motorcycle uh, cafe hangout. uh, And what is that? Uh, Pedro. Yeah. San Pedro, yeah. Fraser Park or something? No. No. It's a park up there anyway. Um, The ride going up there is going to be around the PB Peninsula. And it's an amazing ride, gorgeous view all the way around the ride. Yeah. And it's just really, really, really amazing and absolutely scenic. So if you're going to come on the ride, bring your camera. You're going to need it, trust me. And it's going to be a great ride. And what are the details on that? Let's see. That's going to be Sunday, March 15th. It'll be a meetup at 9.30 a.m. at the Starbucks on Hawthorne and Artesia. And kickstands up around 10. Um, This ride, you can either bring your own picnic lunch if you want to do that at the Korean Bell. Or I do think Walker's has some food. Um, yeah. Not sure of the quality <laughs> or the cleanliness, <laughs> but if you want to take a chance, you can get a burger or something at yeah. Walker's, I guess. Walker's has beer, though. So. They do have beer. That's what I think is the, the main attraction. Yes. Okay, so, so you got the low down on the low on the go down. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I like that. You should keep that. Low down on the go down? Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that, too. So the questions that we have been asked is... How long will my scooter last? We get that a lot. That's kind of a vague question too, it's a right? Very, you know what? It's a totally vague question, but we get that question a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, part of me wants to say, oh, a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, and the other part of me wants to say, you know, 50,000 miles. Right. And of course, depending on what type of scooter you own, how well it's been maintained, where you park it, how you ride it, uh, are all determining factors on the longevity of your scooter. Yes. And, you know, it, it. I tell customers, it's all about maintenance. You know, maintaining where you park it, maintaining where you, where you, you know, how you ride it. You know, yeah, maintenance. Keeping it clean. 
Yeah, maintenance in general. You know, your scooter will last a long time. You know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the dreaded Chinese bikes, you know, last a lot longer than some of the Vespas I've seen. You know, and I've seen some of the Japanese bikes just, just disintegrate. You know, I mean, it's all about how you take care of your bike. But in general, we usually say if you own a Chinese scooter, for example, um, if you can get, what, 15,000 miles out of it? Oh, yeah. It's probably paid for itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would probably be satisfied uh, if, if I got that many miles out of a Chinese 50cc or 150cc. Um, but if you go up another step to, like, what, like the Taiwanese bikes, such as, you know, your buddies, your Lance, your Sim, who else, Kimco. Kimco, yeah. Uh, those could potentially be... What, 30, 40,000 40, mile easily. bikes? Again, though, this yeah. is a bike that was purchased and maintained its entire life. Um, but, you know, if you buy a scooter, you run it dry, you leave it parked outside, uh, abandoned for years at a time. Or if you're taking your scooter on the freeway that maybe shouldn't be taken on the freeway, these are all things that can shorten the lifespan of your scooter for oh, sure. Yeah. Um, if you beat the hell out of it, don't expect it to last very long. Yeah, we jokingly tell people all the time, the scooter's going to treat you as well as you treat it. So if you're taking care of the scooter and trying to make sure that it's getting the best possible um, care, then it's going to in turn take care of you. Yep. You know, but, uh, but then back on the scooter life, right? Like, so the quality of the scooter. So we went through the Chinese scooters, we went through the Taiwanese scooters. What's next? Like Japanese scooters? Yeah. Uh, like the Honda, Honda, Suzuki. Yamaha, Suzuki, those are very, oh yeah, very reliable scooters, right? Super high quality. Yep, fifty, sixty thousand. Um, and literally built to last. Yep. Um, so yeah, I would say you know depending on the scooter, we've seen some of the Honda Elites from the eighties with what twenty five thousand. <laughs> we've miles seen some on of the them? Honda Elites from the eighties where the odometer flipped, and. And yeah. So you they're, know. they're they're the, the the body panels have disintegrated. The whole bike's held together with duct tape. Yeah. And flying down the road. And that honestly is probably one of the things with the uh, Japanese scooters, as the Hondas and the Yamahas, is that the motor will run forever. The body may. Uh, what? Yeah. Your body's <laughs> gonna die before the motor. Yeah. Is. yeah. Uh, so you know, and then you come to the Italian scooters. Yes. So we have our Vespas. What else? Italjet. Italjet. Um, and that's pretty much it. What's the other one? Aprilia. Yeah. I think Vespa's probably obviously the most well-known of the Italian scooters and is probably regarded as one of the most... It's the longest-lasting bike. Yeah. And they're they're so absolutely reliable if you take care of them properly. They can definitely be a little bit more finicky if they aren't maintained as well. Yep. But with that metal body... You can almost give yourself a guarantee that in 50 years, if you take care of the scooter, it's going to look the same as it did Yeah. when you put it in the car. And it should. You know, I mean, if you're, put, if you're spending that much money on a bike, take care of it. You know, your bike, your bike is like your puppy. Just take care of it. It depends on you to, to keep it running good. It depends on you to keep it looking good. You know, yeah. ride it all the We've time. Seen some of these big 250cc Vespas with what, 40 plus thousand oh, miles God, yeah. on them? Easily. And they're running beautifully. So. So, I mean, it's just about how you take care of your bike. Yeah. So, I mean, the scooter's going to last as long as you 
let it last. If you kill it, it's gonna yeah die. Yep. But if you treat it right and do what the basic maintenance is required of it, then you should have a long-lasting scooter. So just depends on what you're willing to invest in. Yes. On to the topic. On to today's topic. Group, group ride etiquette. etiquette. Yeah, we had to use the word etiquette. And you know what? I actually had to look up how to spell etiquette. I mean, who spells etiquette daily? Yeah, it's like, no. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway. Um, number We're, one. Pick yeah. A, pick a spot. You're right. So when you get into the group, just hang out and cruise. Yeah. It's you not know, a race. No. If, I mean, if you get into the group at the front of the group, stay at the front of the group. You know, know, know where in the group you're going, you want to ride and you're most comfortable riding and fall into that space as the group starts to form. Yeah, I think the most important thing, too, is maybe not necessarily where to pick your spot from front to back, but do you prefer to ride on the right or on the left? Yeah. Because the rides ebb and flow, so there may be a gap and somebody may pull in ahead of you or behind you and kind of displace you a little bit, but you're not really going to switch sides left to right. Right. So you should at least figure out which side you're most comfortable on, pick that, and decide, do you like to ride more in the front? Do you like to ride more in the back? Um, what speed do you feel comfortable going at? And uh, kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, the When you're riding in a group, you're only going to go as fast as the group goes. So, you know, if you're a speed demon and you want to just punch it and take off, a group ride really, you know, isn't the spot for you. Or maybe, maybe just not one of the groups that we ride in. I'm sure there's some groups that... You know, the speed demon groups. That's yeah. yeah, you know, that's what they're going for. But, um, but I've also found that in groups, um, most people think that if you're in the back, that's the slower end of the group. But it's almost like a slinky where uh, the front of the group cruise is cruising at you know 35, 40 miles an hour. But because of the expansion, the people in the back to act, do tend to have to actually ride a little bit faster to kind of keep. They up. absolutely have to ride faster. So um, I'm usually the one doing the sweeping, which is the person at the back of the group that makes sure all the bikes stay in the group. If somebody lags behind, I'm behind them, kind of pushing them ahead, yeah. you know, kind of sweeping. That's what it basically means. Yeah. So when you're in the group ride, just kind of pick your spot, try and stick to it. Um, and then you'll almost find that um, after we like pull over for things, you know, either lookouts or lunches or whatever, we all kind of tend to get back in those same spots that we started in yeah. too. So. Which goes into the next one is ride in the formation. Yeah, we always recommend for people in the group to ride in a staggered formation. Yes, and which is the most safe formation and easiest to maneuver formation. Yeah, so basically that means that you're you're riding staggered to the person next to you. Next to you. So where your front wheel is is kind of where their back wheel is. Yeah, maybe you know plus or minus four or five feet because we don't want to be tailgating anybody. You want to leave enough room to break, but you also don't want to leave enough space where cars are able to that's, enter the group. Yeah, that's, that's... But we'll get to that later. That's number three. So, yeah, <laughs> ride in formation, stick to that staggered uh, look, and... Um, you know, stick to the formation. If you're... If, if you're... If you want to just get out of formation, get back in formation and everything, it's going to mess everybody up. You know, so stick to the formation, stick stick to how the group is riding and everything like that, and and you'll be fine. Number yeah, three. But 
segueing into number three, right? Segueing into number three. Is knowing a safe distance. Yeah, you don't want to be on the back tire of the person in front of you. You know, and you don't want to leave a gap so cars can just pull yeah. in and screw everything up. So car. You, <laughs> so you kind of just have to get a feel for that on the road and um, see what feels comfortable to you. Obviously, going at different speeds, you need different, you know, amount of space between you guys. But um, you'll see. You'll see once you're in the group what what that formation right. looks like and, and what feels good about. A lot it. of this would. A lot of this isn't going to make sense to a lot of people that have never ridden in a, an act in a group setting. And if you haven't, please do. It's it's a totally different animal to just riding by yourself. Riding in a group setting is abs is so fun. It's just it's a it's a different experience. So mm-hmm. if you can ride in a group setting, you know, go to go to some rallies wherever you're at. You know, go to some get-togethers, meet some people, and go mob. It's just fun. Yeah. Anyway, number four, overtaking. Another kind of segue, right, with the knowing safe riding distances mm-hmm. and riding in a staggered formation. If you see two scooter lengths of a gap between the guy in front of you and the guy in front of him, it's actually a little bit uh, controversial. Should you fill the gap or do you leave it open? The person, the person in the front of the gap and in the back of the gap should see the gap. Part of your mirrors. Yeah. You know, and... There should they should they should fill that gap. And what's the proper way to do that by overtaking them? Um, well, overtaking somebody is actually passing them and going, yeah, like that. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to overtake in a group. I really don't. I mean, that goes back to you know, ride the formation and pick your spot. You know, I mean, if you need to overtake and you need to overtake that badly. What, what's really going on with you? I mean, you're riding in a group. Everybody's going to get there at the same time. It's fine. Relax. Oh, you I know, mean, stay composed. Sometimes people want to pull out to either film the group or if there is a dangerously large gap forming, sometimes you have to overtake those people yeah. in order to make the group itself a better whole. Yeah. And I think the best way to overtake is to... Be safe, use your signals, and let people know what you're going to do. You can't just dart out and cut somebody off and get in front of them. And please don't overtake down the middle. You know, if there's, if there's people in front of you and, you know, if there's one on the right, one on the left, don't split down the middle and, you know, and everything. It's just, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's I know, dangerous. I know someone who does that and it's just... Leave it to the professionals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave it to the professionals to fly down the middle of popping a wheelie and blah, blah, blah. Okay, number five, ride pace. Yeah. So when you're in a group, you're going to be going much slower than you probably would be going if you were riding by yourself. Absolutely slower, yes. Um, any good group ride leader knows that um, you got to slow the, keep it at a steady pace and at a safe pace. And one that can, you know, everybody can keep up with and you're not losing people at the end. Um, That's where the ride leader and the sweeper come in. Right. You know, that's that's up to them. That's their responsibility to keep everything tight. But they can only do so much of that job. 
the other part of that job is the writers. Yes. You know, they need to keep everything nice, tight, and information, and keep the pace. Yeah. That, that segues into another part of... Into our, our next uh, point. Our next point is... Of the topic. Oh, keeping slower riders and slower bikes... Yes. Uh, closer the f- to the front of the group. Yes. It may seem a little counterintuitive, um, again, but like we said earlier, the back of the pack tends to need to go a little faster and maneuver a little bit more because sometimes they're having to skate through intersections that are about to turn red or, you know, make a turn that, you know, people have been waiting on for 20 bikes and they got to squeeze through at the end. Yeah. So we try and keep our inexperienced riders, our slower riders and our slower bikes closer to the the front of the pack because believe it or not, they help pace the rest of the group. Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's babysitting, but it's what it does with the slower riders at the front of the group. They basically latch on to the front group riders. And the front group riders basically pull them along. Right. And instead of them trailing behind and creating these huge 20 or 30 foot gaps at the very end of the, the group, they tend to slowly move their way back. So people may start passing them or overtaking them throughout the group. But by the time we get to the end of the ride... They're usually still within the group instead of having to have... And tight. Yeah, and tight. Yeah. Instead of having to have people like Andy the Sweeper have to uh, stay back with them if they get caught at a red light. Is that light. my new nickname? What? Andy the Sweeper. If you wanted to. Oh, that I don't want. I do not want that. No. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that kind of also segues into our next uh, point of topic, which is how to uh, get through stop signs and intersections in a large group. Yes. Um, uh, when you have... A lot of a lot of our rides, I don't want to say a lot of them. Some of our rides have what's called blockers, and what blockers are, are they are bikes that go ahead of the main group, and they put their bike in the mid, across intersections or across stop signs and stuff like that. They basically block the stop sign, block the intersection from traffic. So coming the main, in the opposite direction. Coming in the opposite direction or across. Yeah. And let the main group all yeah. go by. They basically do like traffic control. Yeah, like for funerals. Yeah, it's almost like a procession. Yeah. Um, if you're lucky enough to have a sweeper in the group, then you should just... Or I'm sorry, a blocker, a blocker in the group. group. Then you should do what they're telling you to do. You don't want to be the one person in the group that sees the light turn yellow and hit the brakes and then have the three or four people behind you rear-end you. Because everybody else was following the directions of the group and going through right. the intersection. Yep. Um, but on a flip side, right, if you're in a group and you don't necessarily have somebody taking care of that uh, red light for you, then you should probably stop at the intersection. You should um, absolutely stop at the you intersection. You should never enter an intersection if the light's already red. Right. And that's where I come in. Right. That's where the sweeper comes in. Erin and I have communicators. I can talk to her at the front of the group. She can talk to me at the back of the group. If we have to stop in the intersection or we have to stop at a light, I will tell her, you know, there's five bikes at the light. You know, pull over. When it's safe. When it's safe. And then we figure out a place where we can meet up down the road. Yeah. But, um... We love doing that. I mean, we'll pull over for, for bikes at the, at, the, at the intersections. 
that's not a problem. That's just proper. Yeah. And what about stop signs? So we we kind of run a lot of stop signs. We kind of run a lot of stop signs. Yes. You know, if it's... You know, if you don't see a cop... <laughs> no, it's not even it's that. It's not even that. But, but if, you know, we'll call it California stops. If you're at a four-way intersection that has stop signs, and you should... At first, definitely, everybody should go two by two. Yeah. That is standard. Yep. Two by two. Two by two, standard But if you formation. don't see a lot of intersecting traffic, then, you know, you can maybe roll through it a little bit, but do so at your own risk. At your own risk. And, if, um, you know, if there's cars, you know, going to go across, yeah, let was, the cars go. I just would say, I will usually stop at a stop sign and see who's there, kind of let all the traffic that's already in the intersection go, and then we'll kind of go last in the hopes that... A lot of times, people in cars will stop and wave you through. They'll see you as a group and be like, okay, I see what you're doing. Come on through. I'm not yeah. going to... I mean, people in general, when they see a group of scooter riders, they're really, really nice. Yeah. To them, it's more of like a like a parade than anything else, and they enjoy seeing all the cool bikes We've together. had cops stop traffic and let us go through. Yeah. You know, and so, just... But we've also had cops that have pulled us over or stopped when we were all pulled over as a yep. group and said... You need to stop at the stop signs. Yes. So always use caution. Always be safe. Always use your best judgment. Yep. But and the main thing is be safe. Just yeah. Be safe. And what's the last one? Tell somebody when you're leaving the group. Yeah, I've it's been the worst thing. Oh. Guilty of leaving groups and not saying anything and actually having the group have to pull over and call to find out where I went and it's very embarrassing and it was a definitely a mistake on my end. So. If you're not going to finish the ride, that's absolutely fine. You're not required to ever stay through the whole yes, ride. Yes, you are. Um, yeah. But, you know, maybe tell somebody, hey, I'm going to pull off here. Give us a little toot-toot and a wave. And that way we all know that you're leaving and you're safe and the bike's yes. good. And that, uh, you know. Because, I mean, our rides, it's our responsibility to make sure everybody is safe. And it's our responsibility to make sure everyone gets home safe basically at least to starbucks at least to starbucks <laughs> yes and and when someone leaves a ride and don't tell anybody you know we're sti- we're sitting here wondering are they broke down did they crash yes yeah, somebody's you know? gonna ride back and check the route to see if they're yeah, broke down I mean, somewhere and i'm gonna be the one riding back and checking yeah. the whole route and i'm gonna be a little upset if i'm riding back 20 miles to find somebody that just went home well, I think you as the sweeper should have eyes on everybody. If people are peeling out of the group, you should see them. I usually do. And then you could relay that back to us. But yep. I do think, you know, I mean, we're all friends in the group. Why wouldn't you want to say bye? Just like I said, give us a little toot toot, a little, yeah. a little uh, princess wave. Yes. And, give uh, us a princess wave and a toot toot. And we'll see you next time. Yep. And if you leave the group and don't tell me, I'm going to be mad. To say. <laughs> um, so, anyways, guys, if you have any suggestions for topics that we should talk about on the podcast, yes, totally. Any questions that are burning inside of you that you know only Andy and I can answer? Feel that free are scooter to... related. Okay, I don't want to know about your life. <laughs> feel free to email us at sixscooters at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Instagram. We are at Sick Scooter, spelled S-I-K-K-S-K-O-O-T-E-R-S. 
You can like us on Facebook and follow all of our events. And please go to um, Apple Podcast. And or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. That way we can go up higher the ratings. Yeah, we want people to find, you know, find our little podcast here and hopefully maybe take something away from it. And if you guys heard a lot of background noise and snoring, snoring. you know, that's our newest addition to the family. That is Wally snoring. And the noise you're hearing is the construction that we're having done upstairs to our bathroom. Yay! Yep, but that's not going to stop us from our podcast. podcast. Nothing so, will stop us from our podcast. The podcast will happen. <laughs> it will be done. It shall be done. <laughs> Wondrous. Wondrous. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. We will talk to you next week. I know it's a little, this one's a little like five minutes short, but that's okay. You guys just deal with it. If you made it this far, give us a a little winky face. Yeah. And, uh. And bring your scooter so I can work on it. Yeah. Anyway, take care, guys. Bye. Bye.